America's game. Now, 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 shop how many is here? Everything done changed. The change. That warp tool made you open your brain. Open your brain. Eric Vanek is here, so remember the name. Remember the name. Hey, hey. He got the waiver wire for the week. Tell you who to start and who to give a seat. Dropping the podcast every week. You know the knowledge is elite. After the show, we gon' hold a Lombardi. Celebrating like we throwing a party. This the blueprint that I know they gon' copy. Top my intros always go to hottest. Cause this is America's game. everybody welcome back to america's game episode number 11 i am your host eric vanek and you can follow me on twitter at eric vanek nfl and follow the show at america's game pod damn what an intro man fizzle still fizzle and adam man it It, it never it never ceases to amaze me how great that whole production just came about Right, right. Adam killed it. Fizzle killed it. Both of them killed it. But uh, that voice that you heard, that is uh, one of our workers here at South Harmon. He does the video editing. Um, you do all kinds of stuff. You did make shorts for YouTube. Uh, yeah, yeah, that short that came out yesterday. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> if you haven't seen that, check it out on the YouTube. But his name is Christian Crespo. He works here um, at South Harmon. And you can follow him on Twitter at Cress. Uh, underscore 24 so make sure you guys give him a follow as as well but uh christian what's going on man nothing i've uh i've told you multiple times i'm just grateful to be here everybody you know everybody always says that but no i've been listening to america's game for for a long time you know you and scott always doing it i was one of those uh as adam likes to say the degenerates that would listen to the entire two and a half hour marathons and you guys would do the roster breakdowns and uh yeah it's um it's it's a pleasure to be here i mean this is it's a lot of fun thank you yeah yeah no i've been looking forward to having you on too we just haven't been able to uh, schedule it properly but now we finally got it got you on here i'm excited to have you um because you have an interesting background too man and i wanted to kind of uh get you on here and shine some light on you obviously you know how to do the video editing and all that stuff but man your real life job used to be a scout for the detroit tigers baseball team I mean, yeah, I did a lot of analytics and stuff for them. Right, right. And man, that's just because I used to go, we've talked about it. The Lake County Captains minor league team is was literally five minutes from my house. And so I would always go there and uh, minor league baseball has always been fascinating to me, even when I was, you know, in high school and out of high school, you know, following all the prospects and all that. So like baseball scouting has always been pretty cool to me. So, um, it's kind of cool to have you on here, kind of pick your brain about it, man. Like what, how did you, how did you really get into that? Was that like your passion? Well, baseball has always been my passion since I was little. Um, as soon as I graduated high school, I started working for the Marlins. It was in marketing, but it was part-time, uh, just cause I wanted to go to school and still get my degree and stuff. So, Worked part-time with the Marlins while going to school. Did that for three years. Then my fourth year, I needed an internship to graduate, so they gave me an internship um, to do that in marketing as well. Then after that, I went to the winter meetings, uh, sweated because it was the most stressful time in my entire life, just being there, dressed up in a suit, just waiting in a hotel lobby, trying to talk to people as they walk by you. While there are hundreds of other people in my same position vying for the one spot that everybody wants. Um, but I was able to nab an international operations internship with the Tigers. 
um, where I did a lot of video stuff for them to, you know, organize scouting prep, uh, prep list for the international signing period. And just a whole mess of stuff. I was based out of Lakeland um, at the spring training facility. Uh, after that year is when I started traveling. Oh, I traveled with the low A affiliate at the time, the West Michigan Whitecaps, which is where I was able to go travel to Lake County. Um, and I did a lot of uh, advanced scouting reports, a lot of video. Uh, so yeah, I have a lot of background in video. I mean, it's just like everything I've done just kind of involved that somehow, but did that uh, for a year, traveled with them that season. Then as soon as the season ended, I got promoted to minor league video coordinator. So I was coordinator for the entire minor leagues with another uh, coordinator as well. And um, so we did that. And then obviously 2020 hit with COVID. So there wasn't really much traveling and stuff, but we were still, um, you know, gather the video of player workouts that they would send us, edit that stuff, send them out to, uh, scouts, player development coaches, all that. And then, um, yeah, I did that up until uh, October of 2021. And then just hanging out ever since, basically. I mean, I've coached in uh, I coached in the Appalachian League last summer, uh, which is a collegiate uh, summer baseball league. Um, I went to driveline and I worked at driveline for three months during the winter. Uh, yeah, I've... I've been around a lot. So what, what kind of like coaching were you doing? Like any specialty, like pitching or hitting or. Oh, I was, um, I was a bench coach. Bench and, coach. Um, okay. Yeah. So I kind of did everything. I mean, I was throwing BP on the field, hitting fungos and then going to bullpens and helping pitchers develop that. Cause I did a lot of pitch development when I was with the tigers in their pitching lab while I was there. Um, and then obviously going to driveline, I did a lot of pitching stuff there as well. So it's kind of just, I don't know. I'd describe as a jack of all trades, I guess. But um, right. no, I like to be involved in as much as I can because, I mean, the more you learn, the, the better position yourself in. Right. So I know like Trevor Bauer started doing like the spin rate stuff for the baseball. Was that, you yeah. know, for pitching? Is that kind of the stuff you were kind of implementing a little bit? Uh, yeah, minus the sticky stuff. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty cool. Um. So you said you were like, you know, were you working a lot with like the players and stuff too? Like, yeah, every day I was yeah. with minor league and major league players. Okay, so do you? So like when you're doing video stuff with them, is it more one on one, or is it like you got like three yeah. or four guys at a time? Okay, one on one. No, for the most part, it was one on one because it was just like breaking down their film and then helping each individual person achieve whatever we're looking to get out of them, and then what they're looking to achieve as well. Gotcha, gotcha. Man, that's, I don't know. I just find all that stuff fascinating. We could probably do like a whole like hour and a half whole, podcast on that. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. But now you're doing um, stuff. Is this with PFF or? Uh, Sports Info Solutions. Sports Info. Okay. So you're doing uh, scouting for them and you're tracking NFL games on Sundays. How's that all been going? You know, explain to the people kind of what you're doing with that too. I mean, it's been a lot of fun. Um for our listeners, if you listen to the spotlight series that Mike is doing, he talked with Cody Carpentier and he spoke about how he used to chart games as well and how that's how he started with player profile. So um, it's kind of the same thing. Uh, just watch games, chart every single play, you know, the personnel that teams are running um, and then just charting the results of the game. But it also, you know, allows for me to see like different trends and stuff. Um, because we're assigned to specific teams um, every weekend. And so, because 
I mean, it, there's no way that just one person could do like so many different things. So we kind of get uh, one or two games a week, uh, depending on the times that they're played. And then um, I just go in and I chart every play. So do you do, you know, you, do you get a certain team every week or is it, is, I know you, I think you said you do every other, you know, it's different teams each week, right? Yeah, different teams each week okay. just because they want to kind of get different eyes on on what's going on just to make sure mm-hmm. that it's not one person seeing one thing and another person seeing another notice different trends from different people. Mm-hmm. So I know you said last week you, you did the bills and the Jags and what was the other one? And KC Minnesota. KC Minnesota. That's right. So is there anything that you kind of noticed from, from those or maybe anything that you've kind of noticed from your games that you've done this season that you found interesting? Um, I mean, just the overall usage of the players and, um, Kind of like the person, like I noticed this past week before Kincaid and Knox went out, the Bills are running a lot of 12 personnel. They loved having two tight ends on the field, even with Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs on the outside. Like they they don't have a third receiver, so they're obviously going to utilize the guy they drafted in the first round and then Dawson Knox, who's been around for for a while, um, whether it's run or pass, which is pretty, pretty interesting. But um the Vikings also, funny enough, are, are the exact same way. They love running Josh Oliver out there, and they've utilized him in the past game as well from the beginning. I mean, the the stats aren't there, but he's out on the field a lot. Yeah, I, I did notice like this week on my waivers, a lot of people in these deep leagues were picking up Brandon Powell, and I'm wondering like yeah. with Jefferson out, maybe they just go like what you're talking about. They just run two tight ends and just run Osborne and Addison, and that's it. I mean, I think Powell will still get some when they need to, you know, really throw the ball. But um, I wonder if they do run a lot more often with Josh Oliver and Hawkinson out there. So that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, as soon as um, as soon as Jefferson went out, Brandon Powell ended up playing thirty one percent of the snaps. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you figure he didn't really he didn't really get anything before that. And in the thirty one percent of the snaps, he's got six targets. Yeah. So, and Minnesota is going to be in negative game strip a lot. So they're going to be throwing. Kirk Cousins loves to throw. Um, Alexander Madison, Cam Akers, they're not it. I mean, yeah. they just look like they're charging up in the backfield, get the ball, and they forget what they're supposed to do, and they just get drilled in the backfield <laughs> a lot. So, right. Um, yeah, he's he's definitely an interesting person to pay attention to. And I also thought Josh Oliver would too, just because they run so much 12 personnel and they love using Hawk. So maybe they use Hawk more as a receiving weapon since he's that athletic. Josh Oliver becomes more of the typical tight end in that offense and they go from there. Yeah, I could see that for sure. So like if you're in any best ball leagues, you know, these deeper best ball leagues, I, I don't mind picking up Oliver and Paul and then kind of see yeah. what happens from there. Uh, those will definitely be two, you know, deeper Tim, targets. Tim Jones in Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah I noticed that because too. Because if, if Zay Jones is out, he he's going to be that guy. I mean, Jamal Agnew is there as well, but he's he's more of that gadget type player that mm-hmm. they like using in sweeps in the backfield and whatnot. So the traditional person that might step into that role is – uh, Tim Jones. Right. I, I did notice that from the uh, stats this week. I think because they kind of like whatever week it was that Zay missed, I believe it was like week two. Um, and Agnew actually did play um, quite a bit. I picked him up in some best ball leagues and I think he got like five catches for 
39 yards or something it wasn't yeah. much but he's he at least did something um but yeah they've had um they've had tim jones there for a couple years now um so i think they're trying to get him finally out there parker washington got hurt i think that yeah. same game um yep. that zay jones did so yep. hopefully zay isn't out too long but you know just some deeper guys to you look at know. um what about the chiefs did you see anything from them no, I mean the receivers <laughs> are the receivers are doo doo. Um, yeah, yeah. Isaiah Pacheco runs like he has a, a jetpack up his ass, and he's just <laughs> like charging downfield. Um, their run blocking is actually really good mm-hmm. um, compared to their pass blocking. I mean, their pass blocking doesn't look as bad, um, and they're graded pretty well. But I think that's just because of the. Um, just the knowledge that Patrick Mahomes has of his, mm-hmm. of you know, the pocket presence that he has and his ability to escape when he has to. Um, but no, that's it's a really good offense. I mean, it'll suck if Travis Kelsey's down. They just need to find something in that wide receiver room because uh, what they have going on there just isn't working. Yeah, I think, I mean, even though he was like fourth in snaps this week was Rasheed Rice, I still think yeah. he's their best receiver. Yeah, but his snap percentage went down this week. Yeah, uh, compared to like it was trending up, and then all of a sudden this week, I, I don't know what happened. I mean, Kadarius Tony is actually healthy and he's running out there a lot. Um, yeah, Sky Moore, just give uh, up. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done with Sky Moore. I dropped him in uh, my home league this week. I actually uh, was out a couple receivers due to buys and injuries and stuff. So I think I lost Godwin. JSN and Amon Ross. So I had to play somebody dropped Kadarius Tony the week before I picked him up and I already had Sky Moore. I had to play him both. And obviously yeah, no, Sky Moore's just doing cardio. Yeah. Um so I had to drop Sky Moore this week. I mean honestly, I wish they would just play like you know, Tony and Rice out there a lot. Like you could still have Valdez Scantling, but like get Justin Ross out of here. Get no, but they Watson. love Justin Watson. They yeah. love Patrick Mahomes loves him. Whenever yeah. there's one person out, Justin Watson is running whatever snap percentage he needs to to take over whatever the other player. Like if Travis Kelsey is out tomorrow, I'm not picking up any tight ends. I'm picking up Justin uh Justin Watson. Like Yeah. He is he is uh Mahomes is Jake Kumaro is exactly who he is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, that's exactly what Watson is. He'll always make the team. He'll always be out there, it seems like. But he's just running just a bunch of routes that these other guys could have. And we're like, yeah. what the hell are we doing, man? <laughs> you yeah. know? I but, I mean, like, like him, him and MVS run identical routes. Mm-hmm. So having them both on the field at the same time is just redundant. Right, yeah. And it's – it's Andy Reid. It's like not a, a dummy when it comes to offense. Yeah. So it makes no sense yeah. to me. And they're they still do this, you know, spreading it out to nine, ten different, you know, receivers mm-hmm. every week. You're using six receivers, two tight ends, you know, two running backs. You know, it's just like, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, just ever since Tyree Hill left the team, they're just trying to piece it together with mm-hmm. different. And then, and then on the opposite side, you look at the Vikings. It's Jefferson, Addison, Osborne, a running back, Hawkinson. That's it. Nobody else really yeah. touches the ball. I, I no. love offenses like that. Like Oak or uh, Vegas has been like that. Um, mm-hmm. 
there's another there's another couple offenses that are just like that. They give the ball to like four different people, five at the most, and that's it. And yeah. like Tampa Bay the last couple of years has been like that. The running back, Evans, Godwin, maybe a little bit of the tight end, Russell Gage, that was it. Nobody else touched yeah. the ball. So I wish the Chiefs would get to that. And you kind kind of see it too, like in Washington, it's the same thing. Like, oh man, we thought McLaurin, Dotson. Maybe Logan yeah. Thomas, they're going to have great years, but no, they're spreading it out to 19 different people too. So yeah, like, yeah, big time. So no, but uh pretty fascinating stuff. Um, do, what games do you have this week coming up? Not sure yet. Oh, uh, not sure yet. Okay. Just, yeah. Uh, Cause the job doesn't really change. It's just like the team and assignments mm-hmm. So you basically know, like the times you're working is going to be during, I mean, it's going to be after the games, obviously, but mm-hmm. Uh, you just keep those times open on Sundays, early, early, uh, you know, the graveyard shift hours, and you just go from there. Gotcha. Okay, it'd be cool if you guys did like a draft every week to see. Oh, I want this game, or oh, I don't yeah, want this that, game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at the I end don't... of the day, it's cool to just like get the different teams. I mean, right? Because you you get to see a lot more than you would um, if you were just watching. <laughs> Yeah, I feel bad for you if you get any Cleveland games. You have to suffer through that bullshit like I do every week. No, I get enough watching <laughs> the Cowboys every weekend. Yeah, yeah. At least they're at least fun to watch. Um, though, it's like some of their stuff has been uh, discouraging this year. Like, I don't think Brandon Cooks has over like thirty-five yards in a game yet. Like, it makes no sense. No, I think his total yardage this year is seventy-eight. The last <laughs> time I checked. Yeah. Which he should be averaging every week. 78 <laughs> yeah like he should have fit right in the amari cooper amari cooper role and he just hasn't for whatever reason i don't they did so much more with ty hilton when they signed him last year right. during the season than what they're doing with him now i mean mike mccarthy is a jabroni like he is not a play yeah. caller yeah. i mean it's it's insane and then schottenheimer's not going to be any better no, Schottenheimer is probably worse because every time I've seen him coordinate, it's been a shit show. Yeah, it's not going to be fun. This is. Yeah. Um, I I was talking to my my dad and my brother earlier today. I was just like, just trade Dak, trade Dak for Kirk Cousins. Just get the year, get out of the contract, and then next year you just roll with Trey Lance. And if he doesn't work, then blow it up. Yeah, I just don't see Jerry doing that. No, Jerry's too old. Yeah, he wants he, to win now. Yeah. Like, I don't think, like, losing Diggs was that big of a deal for this year. Like, yeah, it sucks, but I think they could have managed without it. But, yeah, they yeah. got to definitely get this offense rolling again like they were, like, the first couple weeks. Yeah, it, it's been um, it's been tough because even on the defensive side, I mean, they've lost basically all their linebackers. Coming into the yeah. year, um, they had Jabril Cox, which they really liked, which they drafted out of LSU a couple years ago. Uh, they tried to sneak him onto the practice squad because they cut him coming into the year, but he got claimed. Um, there was another, I think Harper was his last name, that he also, they tried to sneak him onto the practice squad as well. He got claimed. Leighton Vanderesh is now going on IR. I saw that they just signed um, Rashawn Evans to their practice squad. Uh, so he'll probably come in and take snaps. But no, that the linebackers... I mean, they're talking about moving Parsons out of edge rusher to put him more as a middle linebacker, which is going to suck because it just takes away his value on the defense. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. It's just another year of Cowboys football that I get so excited for. 
Yeah. Um, same here with the Browns, man. It's it, You get one thing, and then the injuries happen, and yeah. it completely falls apart. So I get it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, man, speaking of injuries, we've had, God, so many bad injuries this week. Justin Jefferson goes on IR. Devin yeah. Achain goes on IR. Uh, James Conner. Kelsey might have sprained his ankle. Uh, there's yeah. so many other ones that I'm probably missing, but um, let's kind of look into some of these injuries so far and maybe kind of look at, hey, what are we going to do with these guys? So we'll start with Justin Jefferson first. Obviously, he's one of the most valuable pieces in all of football. Um, if you are on a contending team with Justin Jefferson, uh, what are you looking to do with him? Uh, I don't know. It's so hard. I mean, I have... Um... I have one share of Justin Jefferson in Dynasty, and someone came to me um, this morning, and they're like, "Oh, it's a it's a Devi league." They came to me and they go, "Oh, um, I'll send you Jamar Chase for Justin Jefferson, a first round pick, and your Devi first rounder." And I was like, um, "Yeah, no, no thanks, sir, Chief. No thanks, but the picks are on the wrong side on that one, right?" Um, but no, I mean, I'm. I'm just not the type of person that's like, unless you're going to send me three to four strong pieces that are going to help me contend this year, I'm not sending you Justin Jefferson. Like I'll, I'll eat it for this year and see what happens. I mean, if I roster constructed properly, I should be able to at least manage, um, still have my draft capital. If I'm able to withhold the storm for the next four, I think they have a bye week in it. So the next five weeks and just go from there. But I think that, I mean, prior to this injury, I know for a little bit, Justin Jefferson was probably, I think, ranked as the most valuable asset in Dynasty. And I just mean, like, he is so unattainable, other than right now, obviously, because people are willing to trade him to do what I said and get the multiple pieces. But for the most part, like, you don't see Justin Jefferson trades happen ever, unless somebody is, quote unquote, overpaying, like, egregiously for it. It's just not happening. Right. I saw the one trade this morning in our um, Discord chat that somebody traded Jefferson and got, like, six pieces. Uh, here it is. Yeah, I saw, there was one, <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, there was one yesterday that they sent. I think it was uh, Jefferson for Diggs, Pacheco, and Swift that uh, that Barry, Dynasty Barry sent in our, in our chat. Okay. Um, I don't know, what's the other one? The other one was a guy gave up Jefferson. He got back Devontae Smith, Michael Pittman, Travis Etienne, Brock Purdy, and Christian Kirk. <laughs> so, I, like, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm that's, t- that's a whole roster. Yeah, I might, I'm probably accepting that if Jefferson is healthy, <laughs> you know, yeah. just, just oh, for that. 100%, so, but that's what I'm saying. Like, imagine if he was healthy. What else would have had to have been added to that? Right. For the person to actually just like, hit accept without thinking about it because i'm sure mm-hmm. this person didn't think about it when when they saw all those pieces coming back so so i, I want to the one name you brought up uh, a few minutes ago is jamar chase and i kind of am thinking honestly if i were doing rankings and posting them and all that i think i would reverse it now and have chase number one and jefferson two and that's just because chase i know is going to be locked up with joe burrow jefferson yeah. now I don't – is he going to have Jaron Hall throwing him the fucking ball next year? I don't know who's going to be throwing him the ball next year. So yeah, – uh, I mean, with – so a couple years ago, 
I'll admit I had Jamar Chase in, in front of Justin Jefferson for that very same reason because mm-hmm. of the connection he has with Joe Burrow from LSU and then bringing it over to the NFL and just the, the connection that they brought over, you know, seamlessly. Um, but it's just like for me, it like if I was for a little bit, other than like the past couple, like last year and this year, um, if I had like, let's say if I had Chase, if you wanted Chase, like I would need Jefferson and a little plus. If I had Jefferson and you wanted to get Jefferson for me, I would need Chase and a little plus. Now it's becoming a little more, it was a little more significant in value um, just because of, I think the separation and then obviously the slow start, the uncertainty with Burroughs injury for this year and whatnot. But um, I don't know, Jamar Chase, if he has another week like he just had, he's going to supplant Jefferson going into next year is probably wide receiver one, depending on Marvin Harrison Jr. and the the love that everybody will get for him once he does become an NFL player. Oh, absolutely. I think Marvin Harrison will go right to the top five of dynasty wide receiver ranks. If he isn't already there already, he'll jump to three. It's like Brock Bowers. Brock Bowers, as soon as he comes in, people are going to have him ranked probably number one and number two. Yeah. Kind of like they did with Pitts. Yeah. Same thing. And Bijan. Bijan. Yeah. Well, Bijan. Yeah. Yeah, I had him the same way too. So I put Bijan number one when he is junior year of Texas. So yeah. he was already there. But yeah, yeah, I agree. Harrison will, I think, top five conservatively. You're probably right, top three behind Jeff- uh, Jefferson and Chase. But yeah, I kind of am thinking like if you can, if you're a Jefferson owner and maybe that Jamar Chase owner's two and three or, you know, one and four, whatever it is, and you can go out and offer Jefferson for Chase straight up or maybe you give up Jefferson and a second to get Chase, I think I would be willing to do that just because I, you know, I like Chase obviously for the rest of the year and he's going to have Burrow for the rest of his career most likely. Jefferson, it's up in the air right now of who their quarterback's going to be for next year. Are they going to have to draft one? Are they going to... I mean, if they keep playing this badly and not winning games, they should be in the race for, you know, Drake May or Shadir Sanders or JJ uh, McCarthy. Yeah, McCarthy. Um, any of these other guys that are up there, you know, yeah. we'll see what happens. But um, if I was them, I would just kind of stick with Cousins, man, because it's been working. Like I think they just they have to actually get talent on defense. Like I think. Um, My goodness, this just screams Mac Jones. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I I like Brian Flores as a defensive coordinator, and I'm not blaming him this year uh, at all for the defense. Like, um, name me two players other than Daniil Hunter. Like, you can't. Yeah. It's, I can't it's even name tough. two other players, really. Like, I'm sure I could, but, like, yeah. there's just no talent on that defense at all. Like, the one that they're shining little pieces, Ivan Pace, and he was an undrafted rookie. Yep. Like, it's just, yeah, so it just shows you how many – you know, no name players that Minnesota has right now that aren't even doing anything. So yeah. um, they're going to have to really focus on drafting defense and signing defense on top of focusing on the offensive line because that offensive line has been poopy for a couple years now. Yeah. Um, so they got to get that. You know, I think they could live with Cam Akers or Madison or whoever at running back. Like, I don't think it's ideal, but like, you're not going to be able to spend a draft pick on you know, a third round pick on a rocket Sanders or Braylon Allen or whoever Um, you're going to have to go ahead and just stick with what you got. I mean, I think 
Ty Chandler's kind of hasn't been what I thought he was going to be, but I think a lot of it has to do with that offensive line. That offensive line is just not very good. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's a tough spot for them because their offense really is a lot of, you know, RPOs and play actions. But for the most part, Kirk just scrambles out of the pocket and throws the ball downfield because he can. I mean, yeah. he, he's not afraid to chuck the ball, which is – which is good, which is why like the wide receivers are so relevant in fantasy. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's gonna be a big reason why Jordan Addison is gonna blow up. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's, yeah. Yeah, and even KJ Osborne will be a little bit relevant here too, I agree. Um so if you were like maybe trying to buy Justin Jefferson, are you like looking to take like three assets, like maybe your first, give them Brandon Ayuk and, you know, another receiver or another running back and try and trade for Jefferson? Is that something you're trying to do? Oh, if I'm not competing 100%, like, right. I, don't, I don't care. Like, Brandon Ayuk, uh, Devontae Smith, Michael Pittman, anybody in that area. I mean, if I had Garrett Wilson, I would trade Garrett Wilson in a, a second. I mean, you could probably get that done right now just if somebody wants the points. I mean – Right. With with the way that people were valuing Garrett Wilson coming into the year, obviously it's different now, but with Aaron Rodgers, his contract situation, he's likely going to be the quarterback again next year for them. So right. um, that hype is just going to build up again. So you never know. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of, like I agree with what you're saying, if I can give up a Devontae Smith, a Brandon Ayuk, do I got to throw in a second or a first round pick to get Justin Jefferson? If you're like middle of the pack or, you know, down in the bottom, See, just, you can do that. I would that. just throw bodies. I wouldn't even use draft capital because for the most part, if you think about it, whoever is a, whoever's a Jefferson manager, if they're competing, they're going to want bodies. They're not going to look, right. they're not going to look for the future because if they're looking for the future, they just keep Justin Jefferson knowing that he's going to come back. Right, right. Okay. I could see that too. Um, if you can give up like three or four useful bodies to throw and get Justin Jefferson, I think that's definitely worth it. So good call on that like for it, sure. Like if somebody if somebody offered you Brandon Ayuk, I mean everybody hates DK Metcalf, but I think DK Metcalf is still pretty underrated. Yeah, I, I love DK. If somebody offered you Brandon Ayuk, DK Metcalf, and let's say somebody like DeAndre Swift or Aaron Jones or somebody like that. That's, you know, a big part of the offense. Not gonna not a, a true, true difference maker, but it's gonna help complete your lineup. Would you do mm. that? Like two young receivers and, you know, um, a usable running back for Justin Jefferson. I think, yeah, if I'm trying to go for the championship this year and I just lost Jefferson for multiple weeks. I think that's something I would definitely consider. If I can get an Ayuk Metcalf and a DeAndre Swift, I think that's probably pretty good because you're kind of looking at DK and Ayuk are probably worth a first each. Swift, he's like one, yeah, 112 or two seconds worth. So you're getting like three first value there for Jefferson. Um, yeah. And we've and talked if you about think that. About it, DK Metcalf already had his bye week, so you don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah, so that he too. just plugs in every week. Plus, you get the other two assets that you can use in your in your lineup. Obviously, this is going to be primarily for lineup leagues because best ball. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just throw everybody. But for lineup leagues, this is something I, I mean, I would, 
I would consider doing for sure. Right. I mean, even for best ball too, like to get those three assets that are going to play every week, like that's a no brainer as well. And me and Scott have talked about it in the past. Like, man, if you look at some of these trades for like when these guys were at their absolute peak, like Jonathan Taylor and Brees Hall, like, oh man, three firsts for these guys. No, I wouldn't do it. You know what? In the end, if you always look back on that trade, like the three first value was always the winner every single time. Yeah. So it might be worth it right now if you you know you have Jefferson and you're contending. Man, can I go get DK Ayuk and a, a running back from this guy and give up Jefferson? You know, so that might yeah. be something you could definitely look at. Yeah. Um, next guy I wanted to bring up though is the rookie running back Devin Achain. Man, he is. Uh, looking at uh, keep trade cut, he is RB4. Yeah. So he made it all the way up there. Yikes. Above, above Gibbs and Taylor and Walker and all these guys. What are you doing with him? Um, are you kind of looking to ship him out too? Or are you trying I, to buy him? I trade any running back. Trade somebody any wants running to back. Come, if somebody wants to come to me and offer me a first for him right now, um, I'll go ahead and I'll take that first and use it for something I can, that's going to be, you know, viable for my lineup, especially um, in that situation. Like, right. I mean, for the most part, what, what, um, like what expectations did you have for him coming into the year? You didn't expect this. This is just a no. bonus from what you got. Yeah. Cause for the most part, you, you're a contending team because he was a late first. Um, so you got him basically is just, you know, kind of hoping as to be the replacement for, Moster, Jeff Wilson, whatever, you know, that next phase and running back for the Miami backfield. But so anything you got already is a bonus and you're likely competing now if you started him. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm willing to liquidate him for for the first or whatever you can get out of him just to continue to build out the roster. Okay. Yeah, because I made a trade for him uh, prior to last week. So. Uh, I was thinking, oh man, in the point per carry league, I'm going to get him and move move on up. So I actually traded uh, Jordan Addison and a third for a chain, and obviously that didn't work out. I also have Jefferson on that team, so now I lost yeah. Jefferson as well. So yeah, it's going to have to find some reinforcements there. But piece that one together. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm I'm guessing like if you're uh you know a team that's not competing, would you would you trade for him at all? I don't, I don't know. I guess it would just depend. Um, I'm not really the type of person to trade draft capital for a running back just because of how volatile the position is. And we've seen it, you know, year in and year out. That's, mm-hmm. that's the case. I mean, there aren't really any bell cow running backs anymore. Um, right. So, I mean, if I could trade pieces like bodies for him, I will. Um, but I don't know if I'm trading a first for him right now. I mean, it just doesn't, doesn't make too much sense. Yeah, trying to give up a first for him, I think, is a little tough right now. But also, no one's going to take a second for him either. So yeah. that's where you're in that dilemma there of, okay, then what can I buy him for? I, I don't even know if two seconds gets it done, to be honest. Like, yeah. you're probably going to have to give up a second and a pretty good player. If you give up a second and DeAndre Swift for him, you know, maybe that's something you could do for him. Um, you know, a second and... Josh Jacobs, you know, second and David Montgomery because he's killing it. Uh, yeah, if I'm, not able to get doing that. if I'm not competing, then I would definitely do something like that. 
Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's something, you know, our listeners can maybe look at doing, um, you know, some of these other guys who got hurt. I don't know if they're going to be playing this week, but like Anthony Richardson's obviously out for four weeks. That sucks. Daniel Jones got well, hurt. His timetable actually is, um, there is no timetable for his return. For Richardson? He's, he's kind of indefinite right now. Okay. Yeah. So that sucks for, for Anthony Richardson owners. I mean, he was, he's been doing pretty good. Yeah. Um, now, Anthony Richardson's the type of player, though, that I will go out and buy if I can buy him. Um, I don't care mm-hmm. if I have to sit on him. So, like, maybe if you're – I think this would be the perfect one. If you're a Justin Fields owner and you really don't believe in Justin Fields or you're still kind of scared off from – obviously, he's played two shit defenses in a row and has had, you know, blow-up games. Like, I would think I would go trade some Fields and something else to maybe go and get Richardson. Are you kind of on board with that, too? I I mean, yes, because I believe in Anthony Richardson and the talent, but I'm also a Justin Fields truther, oh, and okay. I will stand to that. Um, okay. I have a lot of shares of Justin Fields, and I mean, it, obviously I would liquidate um, in certain situations to get Anthony Richardson, depending on how my team is doing, but for the most part, I mean, they kind of have similar profiles. Obviously, the talent the talent level is different. I mean, right. Anthony Richardson is just a beast. But right. coming into this year in startup drafts, Justin Fields is going before Anthony Richardson. Obviously a mute point now because right. we're seeing them perform on the field. But, um, yeah, it, it's just it's just lineup dependent or roster dependent, to be completely honest. Okay. Yeah, I think in, like, any type of point-per-carry league, if you have that for your quarterbacks, oh, I'm, def- yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely going out and spending whatever it takes to get Anthony Richardson just about, other than trading, you know, any of the top five, Mahomes, Allen Hurts, Herbert Burrow, yeah. Lamar, any of those types. Um, I would be, honestly, I think I would be okay trading Trevor Lawrence to get Anthony Richardson, too. Straight up. Um, yeah, straight up. I think I would be fine with doing that. Yeah. Even if, if I have, um, obviously, if I'm competing and I need Lawrence, it kind of sucks. But if I have, uh, you know, a Brock Purdy and a Jared Goff behind Lawrence, I'm okay rolling with Purdy and Goff until Richardson comes back. Now, um, what would you add to somebody like CJ Stroud to get a rich right now? I mean, according to Keep Trick. But Go the ahead. way that C.J. Stroud has been climbing the rankings, like people are already to anoint him a first-round startup. Well, according to Keep Trade Cut, he's quarterback six, and Richardson is quarterback eight. Yeah. So, so Stroud is already above Richardson. Now, I don't know if – I'm guessing this is maybe post-injury. Um, yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. So, I mean, Stroud is already ahead of Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, Tua, Fields – you know, all these guys, he's already way ahead of those uh, guys. So, I mean, Stroud's already, you know, anointed there. I think this is probably the highest Stroud's value is ever going to get. If somebody's offering me like three first value for CJ Stroud, then yeah. Like if I can trade um, my CJ Stroud and get Anthony Richardson and a plus, I'm doing that all day for sure. So my Anthony Richardson plus two, a plus, um, I mean, Fields plus, I mean, anything really with a plus because if CJ Stroud is going out of somebody like Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. I think that's um, just on the rushing ability alone that Lamar's giving you. I mean, I know the offense doesn't look great right now in Baltimore, but you have to figure it's a brand new system for every single one of those players. Right. So there, it's going to take some time. And the fact that 
I mean, Rashard Bateman, Zay Flowers, or Nelson Aguilar. Or, well, I mean, Nelson Aguilar is kind of it's kind of uh, a known thing. But uh, everybody just dropping all these passes that Lamar was throwing. I mean, I think PFF said, um, came out and said he had like a 94 grade, a QB grade from his last game. And that's with all the drops. Wow. So, I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, I was I had that game on uh, Red Zone, so they showed that game quite a bit. And then, obviously, watching Lamar from the week before, like his def his passing has improved for sure. Mm. And the drops, man, last week I know Zay Flowers had one, Bateman had one in the end zone. Um, yeah. Odell got you know banged up again a little bit. Uh, you know these guys are are dropping the passes are not helping Lamar, but Lamar definitely I'm still having him in that that top tiers with Mahomes and Allen's and Hurts for sure. Yeah. Uh, especially okay. with the way he's he's still running the ball too. It's not like he's not mm-hmm. you know running it. So yeah, definitely Lamar would be up there. But yeah, it's crazy to have Stroud above Lamar. I'm I'm definitely taking Lamar um, over Stroud yeah. for sure. Um. Yeah. But yeah, if you if you guys are are looking to maybe trade trade for Richardson, I would do it. I think just from his games that he's showing me, obviously he needs to work on sliding and protecting himself a little bit better, which I think he will. Like he needs to go to the Tua Falling Academy, right? He, I mean, if Richardson really hits his ceiling, like I think he could be as close to Jalen Hurts as we have in the league. Like I think he's just as talented, if not maybe more talented than Jalen Hurts if he really hits his ceiling. Um, so I would be willing to to trade for Richardson. If, like you said, if you can give up Justin Fields plus to get Richardson or anything like that, I think I would be willing to do it. So um, yeah. that's another one our our uh, listeners can maybe try out. Um, you know, any of these like other little injuries that have happened, like. James Connor, I'd sell him for a third right now. Just get rid of him. Um, Khalil Herbert, probably any third you can have him. Um, trying to think of some other guys that have gotten hurt. Um, what What about Javante Williams? What do you think about him? I haven't really been a big fan of his. Um, I was, I bought into him for a little bit, but before mm. the season, I sold every single one of my shares. And uh, the unfortunate part of that was that I saw um, almost every share that I sold was for Nick Chubb. So that didn't really <laughs> help me much, but um, I don't know. I was, I was mentioning it in our discord that uh, somebody brought it up asking if Julio McLaughlin just looks more than just a Jag. And he a hundred percent does. And kudos to you for that, for that call from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sean Payton, going back um, to his days in New Orleans, I mean, he used multiple running backs. And it was never, like, the featured guy that we always thought. Like, Pierre Thomas is the one to me that always comes to mind. Yep. Like, he wasn't the head back, you know, when Reggie Bush was there and all that. But for the most part, Pierre Thomas got a lot of touches. And that's kind of, like, the role that I see for Jaleel McLaughlin going forward, even with Javante coming back. Um, Javante's not Sean Payton's running back. Right. So I don't think that – I mean, he – and he'll come up with the excuse that, oh, you know, we want to continue to just work him into the offense while Drew McLaughlin's been here throughout all of camp and he really impressed us. He's going to come up with some of that bullshit. And Drew McLaughlin's going to lead that backfield in snaps going forward. I think it's it's definitely a possibility. Right. I'm with you on that for sure. Because uh, Jaleel, 
he just looks like the most explosive back. Now, he's yeah. not the ideal size or anything, but, I mean, a chain wasn't the ideal size either, and he was Jaylen the top Warren's fantasy. not the ideal size either, and he's getting right. a lot more. I mean, he's not that offense is doo-doo, but right. I mean, he, he looks better than old man Najee back there. You know, speaking of that, so I did find uh, it was actually in our Discord that somebody posted the. Uh, Liz has been posting posting mm-hmm. that up um, a few times about his efficiency and his uh, yards after contact and all that. Right. He, yeah. Coming into the year, I loved Najee, and I was trying to buy him coming into the year in almost everywhere. Um, and I still kind of believe in him, and I don't know if that's just me just being hard-headed and sticking to my priors but I well I, I was with you on Najee too because I thought he was going to improve because all of last year he was dealing with that foot injury all year that Liz Frank injury yeah. so I was offensive line right and I thought the offensive line would be a lot better this year and it hasn't been but um yeah Najee I, I hope he gets it together going here hopefully that offensive line improves but it just hasn't looked great so far but yeah, I just wanted to bring that that bring that up real quick. Um, so I think this was prior to last week's games. These stats, um, or maybe it was three weeks ago or two weeks ago. Uh, not sure, but anyway, Steelers running backs this season running behind PFF's twenty seventh ranked run blocking offensive line. Najee Harris had forty nine attempts. He averaged seven point oh eight men in the box, which was sixty fifth percentile. He had four point two nine yards per carry, fifty seventh percentile in that time. Jalen Warren had twenty four attempts. He averaged six point seven one average men in the box, eighteenth percentile, and he only averaged three point three eight yards per carry, which is eighteenth percentile. So a full yard behind Najee Harris. Yeah, I think with that, the the reason for it is because when Warren is in there, they're expecting him to pass. Right, exactly. Not, I mean, Najee had a ton of targets his first year, but that's because he had Ben Roethlisberger. Right. Kenny Pickett's not going to rely on dump-off passes. He's going to try to prove himself when he's out there because he's a young quarterback. Right. Um, so when Najee's in the game, defenses are kind of keying in on him, and they're going to stack the box to force Pickett to throw because he hasn't really shown much yet. When Warren's in there, they figure, okay, they're looking to pass more, so that's when you kind of get the extra mm-hmm. defensive back on the field rather than a pass rusher. And so, Yeah, I agree with all that. Um, and then they also mentioned that Najee Harris was second in breakaway run rate so far, 13th in evaded tackles and 14th in juke rate. And then if you looked at the yards after contact per rush leaders on a minimum 40 attempts, uh, Christian McCaffrey led at 4.04, Pacheco 3.75, Jerome Ford 3.68, Najee Harris 3.53 at fourth, and fifth is Bijan at 3.47. So, I mean, yeah. the stats have looked okay here so far this year for Najee. I just think that offensive line is bad. Matt Canada needs to go. Everyone knows Matt Canada needs to go for about three years yeah. now. Um, I just don't know if that's going to happen. Probably not yeah. till the end of the year, at least. Um, their offensive line that Broderick Jones that they drafted just hasn't really, you know, hit yet. Yeah, it's taken him a while. Yeah, it's taken him a little bit. Um, so hopefully he gets going. But yeah, I mean, 
I was listening to some stuff about, you know, Mike Tomlin talking about how they talked about with the offensive coordinator, the owner, the GM, like how we need to get back to playing Steeler football and running the ball. So they just haven't been able to do that as much this year with that offensive line. Like that offensive line really needs to improve. They're going to have to, you know, hit free agency and really hit that draft again this year for offensive yeah. line. And it's especially this offensive line class uh, coming into this year. I know. I listened, yeah. Yeah. Dane Brugler's talked about, uh, excuse me, the tackles um, really being a, you know, seven, eight deep again. So um, I think there's going to be a lot of, uh, if you can do it now, take the over on offense linemen drafted in the first round. There's going to be probably at least seven or eight tackles, and that's not yeah. counting guards or centers. I don't know what's what's there yet, but um, it's a it's a really a pandemic around the league, like teams not having enough offensive line play, like, Old man All Jason these... Peters is still getting signed off the streets to start right. the team. Yeah, because uh, he's competent. Crazy. Right. He's competent. Yeah. He knows what the hell he's doing. And, you know, he's can block people. Like, it's kind yeah. of crazy. Like, these colleges, it's, you know, there's just pass happy, pass, 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 pass. Sure, these guys can, can, can pass block, you know, probably better. But it's like they've almost, like lost the art of run blocking you know it's like they just ha- aren't that good and then some of these pass blockers too are, are just have not been good at all some of the um but it's also these pass rushers man like you put aiden hutchinson in the middle uh, over a guard and he just smokes the guard every time you know uh michael parsons same thing like these guys are just little animals uh, Miles Garrett, Dan- Daniel Hunter, like I've just seen these guys just literally wreck games this year. So yeah, hopefully the college game, yeah, it switches uh, on a light here and just get some of these offensive linemen a lot better. Just the the whole game needs it, you know, college football and NFL football. So hopefully yeah. they uh, get it together there. Um, yeah, so try to look at some other guys that – could be a value here one that i i want to talk about a little bit because i really have liked um him this year is you know a lot of our leagues you know we struggle for tight end play and getting a solid tight end i mean i think the guy to get right now is logan thomas for washington and it's probably just a one-year stopgap thing for your team but if you're starting some of these guys who like just struggle to get you any points every week like you know, you're starting Chiga Conquo, you're starting Dalton Schultz, you know, Tyler Higby. Like, I think I'm going yeah. out and buying Logan Thomas. Do you agree? Yeah, there are three guys that I would actually go to look to target if you went with, like, the, the okay. hero tight end. Um, so, Logan Thomas is one. Uh, actually, four tight ends. So, Logan Thomas is one. Zach mm-hmm. Ertz is another. Okay. Um even though their offense looks kind of incompetent right now outside of Adam Thielen, Hayden Hurst is still running all the routes for t- main majority of the routes for tight end. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Noah Fan. The Seahawks yep. love to run two, three tight ends out at a time. And mm-hmm. Noah Fan just continues to get disrespected. Um, but he he's, I mean, coming out of Iowa, shout out to Mike. He, um, he, no offense, a talented tight end. And, you know, he's get been getting more and more run leading into the bye. And I think that coming out, it's just going to be the same thing. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with you on Fant. My only thing with him is 
when it's just him and one of the other tight ends, it's pretty solid. Um, I know Fant got a lot of uh, that last game against the Giants. He got a lot of his stuff on one play. Um, but, yeah, even before that, he he had some pretty decent games. But when they play three tight ends and Disley's out there, I don't know if Disley will be back this week. Man, they they literally split those snaps 33% each. You yeah. know, it's like it's not the kind of tight end I want to be playing because you have to be so efficient and so good on your limited targets that you're even getting. Um, yeah, but that's the thing. He's not running typical tight end targets. He's running more right. receiver targets. Right. Which is, I mean, it, it helps them because they have DK. For some reason, DK Metcalf is running deep down the field on almost every play. He's running the Tyler Lockett routes a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, JSN is running backwards because his A dot is negative. Mm. Um, so, I mean, no fan. I mean, I just think that another thing to think about is like, so this is Dynasty. You think in a future, no fan's a free agent at the end of the year. He's not going to be back in Seattle. Right. Somebody's going to utilize that. Um, and you, for the price that it costs to acquire him right now, I'm, I'm willing to go out there and get him. Okay. Yeah, I can buy that because he isn't worth, you know, you could probably get him for a third round pick. I don't think. Yeah. I'm not paying a second for him. Uh, no, I can maybe... you can get him for a third, maybe third and fab. Like it's not yeah, third fab. Money. Yep. Um, but yeah, man, it's just Logan Thomas is the one who sticks out to me as like he is tight end 31 right now on keep trade cut, and I would there's probably 15 20 guys I'd play him over that are above him right now. So uh, yeah. if your guys are struggling for tight ends, that's a guy I w- I would look at too. Um, here's another one that's interesting. It's a couple spots above him is Janu Smith. What do you think about him so far? Cause this is like three games in a row that he has like done really well. I've actually started him two weeks in a row in some leagues and he's literally won yeah. me some weeks. Yeah. Coming into the year, I just knew that connection was going to be there. I mean, Arthur mm-hmm. Smith, Janu Smith, the connection from Tennessee, um, just the way that Arthur Smith likes to run his offense. I mean, Kyle Pitts isn't even being used as a tight end. He's being used as a receiver because they don't have receivers on that team outside of Drake London. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kadero Hodge is running routes. Matt Collins has been displaced by Kadero Hodge at this point. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, Jonathan Smith, he just fits that offense. Yeah, I mean, they, that's a, another team that it's Pitts, it's Janu, it's Drake London and Bijan, and they don't throw to anybody else. And no. they actually need to throw a little bit more because they don't give yeah. those guys enough targets. Um, so yeah, that, that's an you know Janu's another good one that you can probably buy cheap. Um, Noah Fant, like you mentioned, Logan Thomas. Uh, I did like Kate Otten, but then yeah, he runs a lot of routes, plays a lot of snaps, but it's like. 13 yards, 17 yards. Like, I don't think you can really trust that. Zach Ertz, who you mentioned, he's running a ton of of, of routes and getting a lot of yeah. targets, so I don't mind that one either. And you can probably pick him up for a third, especially, if, like I said, if your tight ends are struggling here, your Chega Conquo, your Tyler Higbees, your Hunter Henrys. That, I mean, Hunter Henrys had a good year, but last, year he had a, last week he had a big goose egg. Um, yeah. Just these tight ends, man, especially in lineup leagues, it is super hard trying to pick these guys. So if you can try and get one of these elite tight ends, Laporta, Kelsey, Hawkinson, Andrews, you know, Kittles, if you can get one of those guys, I'd go ahead and do it. But, like, after that, like, yeah, Goddard's kind of picked it up the last bother. couple of weeks. Yeah, it's yeah. like some of these guys you don't even bother with. If I can build my best ball tight ends – with Noah Fant, Jonu Smith, Logan Thomas, I would certainly, you know, yeah. be excited to have that out there than I would to have, you know, Pat Fryermuth 
and Michael Mayer and you know Chick yeah like these ones that are you just can't rely on at all so if I can yeah. you know trade back from you know Chig Conquo, get Logan Thomas and a third I'll go ahead and do that you know something For like sure. you know do that so uh, a lot of these tight ends you know th- they're gonna get I don't want to say replace, but they just fall down the pecking order. And then, yeah. you know, this year, you know, the last couple of years, honestly, the tight ends, I think we're kind of seeing like a renaissance with these, you know, rookie tight ends that are coming in and producing from day one. Like, obviously, Laporta, he's tight end one. I keep trade cut now above Kelsey. Yeah. Um, Kincaid has been okay, but he's still rated pretty high. Musgrave has done pretty good. Um you know, Jake Ferguson was a rookie last year. He's producing. The Raiders finally used Michael Mayer last week. And then you kind of look from a couple years ago with Kate Ott and Daniel Bellinger, um, Jelani Woods, Isaiah Likely, all those guys that um, really hit in their first year. So we're starting to see these tight ends starting to pick up the NFL game a little bit yeah. faster, especially when it comes to drafting these guys. Like I might be a little bit more in on some of them, especially if I like their talent. Yeah. Same here. I agree. So uh, something to look at for the future on the tight end spots. Uh, any other guys you want to bring up that I might be missing? Mm, not off the top of my head. I mean, mm. we've we've hit on really all the key points, all the key names. Right. right now. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because I'm trying to look through uh, some of these positions here, kind of see who's gotten injured, who's, who's not. Um, yeah, just some of these guys. Oh, that's the one I wanted to bring up. So you did mention JSN a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think after this bye week now, I think, hoping at least, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm thinking hopefully the Seahawks looked, hey, we got to get better at getting JSN involved. Like, yeah. we use this high draft pick on him, and usually after teams have bye weeks, uh, you know, they the reassess. More, yeah. Right, yeah, the rookies get more involved. They reassess the offense. Um I think this is going to be the JSN week, and they're playing the Bengals, you know, not the greatest defense in the world right now. So if you can fit um, JSN into your starting lineups this week, I think I definitely would. I think this could be a a really big JSN week, especially going back to Ohio, playing probably in front of a bunch of uh, family and friends at Cincinnati Cincinnati this week. Um, I think this could be a really good JSN week. So, and this might be your last time to go out and buy them cheap too. Um, I was like last week with me with Brees Hall. I tried to buy Brees Hall everywhere before that Denver matchup. Mm -hmm. And did you have any success with that? Absolute, absolute declines every time. Yeah. Some of them were so fast. I couldn't even close the app before. (laughs) before Uh, Yeah. I've had those before too. They just, uh, you can't even get the offer out there. It seems like it's already rejected. It's like you're thinking about it, but they just sent you a message out of the blue. Like, no decline. Right. Yeah. I, I'm going to definitely look at some, some some of my teams where I can maybe go uh, and acquire JSN. Like, I'd be willing to give up. I'd be willing to give up a Calvin Ridley, a Debo Samuel, uh, Chris Godwin. I'd be willing to Hollywood. give up, like, Hollywood. I don't, I don't, I don't think anybody likes Hollywood, to be honest. Um, Terry Nobody McCorn. Yeah, Terry McLaurin, Amari Cooper, like I'd be willing to give up any of these types of guys plus a little bit, even if I have to give up like a a second or a player that's kind of worth like a second, like um, 
God, somebody wants Amari Cooper and Jalen Warren for JSN. I'll I'll do that all day long. I'll take JSN yeah. side. Um, so that's another one I think people can go out this week and and try and buy some JSN for sure. I agree. All right, you ready to play uh, America's favorite game before we get out of here? This is the only reason why I accepted this invitation. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so this one uh, is just unique for you. You, okay. you can leave uh, you can leave the player name out if you don't want to name who the player is, but give me like your favorite scouting story or interaction with a player um, that you've had. Man, um, favorite interaction. I mean, Miguel Cabrera is the is the reason why I fell in love with baseball when I yep. first started watching. Being born and raised in Miami, um, Two thousand three was like the first season that I really started paying attention and that was the year the Marlins won and that was the year Miguel Cabrera debuted. So just yep. being able to follow him and then when he got traded to the Tigers, I, I cried like uh-huh. legit tears. Um I didn't want to talk to anybody and I was so depressed. And then it just so happened that I started working with the Tigers and I was able to be involved in that and um just the coolest he's the funnest person to be around because his persona, he's a child. Right. Like he is so nice, so genuine. Like he messes around with you. He doesn't care who you are, what you're doing there. He doesn't care if you're in the batting cages with him or if you're just a fan there waiting for an autograph during spring training. Like he's going to give you the time of day, like no matter what. Um, but I think the coolest thing is just being able to. I remember the first time I saw him go through his um, pre batting, uh, batting cage routine and like everything he does from flips to well t work to flips to over like regular pitch to him saying okay i'm gonna hit five balls here four balls over there three in the back corner of the cage and just like hit the spot every same spot every time it's just the coolest it was so much fun to watch and it was just one of those things that you know you'll never truly appreciate it until it passage which sucks but like just looking back now just thinking about it i mean it's just it was yeah. great yeah, especially um, you know now that he's retired and all that. Um, had oh, nice, I cried. I cried yeah. his last game. Yep. Yeah, he. Um, so I, I'm like you. Um, you know, I with the Indians and all that, and then you know they weren't the greatest there, especially like the early 2000s again. Um, it's, that was kind of coming out of you know when they were good and they started to rebuild and everyone was uh, leaving the team, Jim Tomey and Manny and all those guys. So you know, I kind of, you know, I, I definitely was a, a big baseball fan growing up as as well, and I kind of was like you, man. I mean, you you were from there, so you were more in, invested, but I really just uh, liked that team a lot. Um, that whole Marlins like 2003 team where they where they won it, man. Like Josh Beckett, I always really liked. Yeah. Um, I always liked Mike Lowell. That was one of my favorite third basemen. He was always really good. Um, Derek Lee, Juan Pierre was so fun to watch because he was yeah. just so different than every other player. Like he was just get on. He was so fast and he'd just steal all these bases. Like I've always enjoyed guys like that because. Growing up here, obviously, I got to see Kenny Lofton and he, you know, just how amazing of a base dealer he was, too. So I always like enjoyed players like that that could steal. Um, you know, Luis Castillo could do the same thing there for the Marlins. Um, yeah, that entire starting lineup. I mean, I could, right. I could name the entire starting lineup, like the position wise. It was just, it was so yeah. much fun. Oh, yeah, that team. And then obviously, like, 
I don't want to say it was halfway through the year, but it was kind of close. I think it was before the All-Star break is when uh, Dontrell Willis came up, too. And yeah. he was absolutely – Yeah, the high leg kick. He was just so fun and energetic. And then Miguel Cabrera came around, um, and he was playing left field for them. Uh wasn't yeah. even the oh, third so, base. Yeah, before, before we end it um, – uh-huh. Miguel Cabrera was signed as an international free agent as a shortstop. Yeah, yeah I remember while that. He was, while he was progressing through the minor leagues, the Marlins knew. So they had um, a player named Todd Hollinsworth. I don't know if you remember yep. him. Yep, I remember him. But he was ass. He was terrible. Yep. They, David Samson was talking about it on his podcast, but he said that he went to the farm director and said, I want Miguel Cabrera to practice taking reps in the outfield so we can replace Hollinsworth. Hollinsworth, They right. said, we want five, six games, about a week's worth of games of him playing in the outfield before we bring him up. He played one game in the outfield, and they called him up the very next day. Wow. So he went from being a shortstop in the minor leagues to then being one, what played one game in the outfield in the minors, became an outfielder at the major league level for a team that won the World Series, then moved to third base, then moved to first base, and mm-hmm. he did all that while still being one of the best hitters in the entire game of baseball. And right. that's like the stuff that you have to appreciate of someone like him because we're never going to see something like that again. Right. So I just kind of pulled up um, the roster just to kind of remember. Like, hell, I didn't even remember. I forgot Ivan Rodriguez was on there, but he was. He was the catcher. Yeah, he was the catcher, obviously, and he made that. Uh, big play, play the against Giants. the Giants, yep. 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 and he Conan, held the ball yep. up Conan and everything. Decided yep. to hold up. He threw the ball at home plate, got trucked at home, held the ball up. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I remember that play. I'm like, oh shit, I forgot about that. Um, their infield was Derek Lee, Luis Castillo, Alex Gonzalez, Mike Lowell. Um, obviously Miguel Cabrera, Conine was still there. Juan Encarnacion was out there. Pierre, Todd Hollinsworth. Obviously Miguel Cabrera ended up coming up to replace Hollinsworth. But yeah, man. Mike just, Redman, backup catcher. Yep. Um, Ramon Castro was there too. And, and the, the starting rotation too. Beckett, Pavano, Penny, um, obviously Dontrell. Yep. And I forgot who. Um, I think with. it was... Uh, was it Braden Looper, or was he a reliever uh, at that point? No, I think it was a reliever. Okay, but yeah, I mean, just looking at even some of these, um, the the relievers that they had too. Uh, Ugie Urbina was the closer. He was so yep. fun. He Nasty. was so animated. Um, you know, you you mentioned some of the other guys. Like uh, I remember Looper was pretty solid there. Uh, Chad Fox was decent. Mark um, Redman. Yeah, Mark Redman. Uh, he must not have been on this team. Um, Alfonseca wasn't on this team, though. No, I don't believe so. No, but he was a lot of fun when I w- ever watched them too. I mean, he might have left like the year before or something. Uh, but yeah, man, they had a they had a really fun team. Went and beat the Yankees. Uh, they beat the Cubs, like that Cubs team that everybody loved, yeah. that they thought was going to be the the team to break the curse with um, yeah. Mark Pryor and Kerry Wood, like. Moises Alou. Moises Alou, yeah, just like crazy, crazy uh, playoff yeah. run that this team had. And, uh, yeah, really fun team. was one, definitely one of my favorite teams for sure. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll give give my little favorite story too. Um, 
about that um, about player. So kind of, I'm just looking up the uh, other starter. So it was Will, Willis, Mark Redman, Penny Pavano, and Beckett were the four starters, and Burnett obviously. Yeah. But Burnett got hurt um, during the mm-hmm. year. Uh, but anyways, so <clears throat> one of my favorite stories was at the Lake County uh, Captain's Stadium. So the year before, it was the they were in the World Series against the Braves team, the Rome Braves, in uh, single A. And uh, there was a guy there because um, me and my buddy would go all the time, and we would like hang out at, at like the um, opposing team's uh, bullpen, like because it was right by the wall there in the in left field. Yep. So we would just harass them and, and just do stupid shit. And um, they had this guy there. His name was Sung Jung, and he was our <laughs> he was our closer. He was actually really cool. Uh, so we were all we got we got Sung Jung's autograph after the game and all this stuff. So we go the next year. Um, to a brave, you know, the Rome Braves came back, and me and my buddy go back to the corner. And obviously, teams have changed; people have moved up and down and stuff. And yeah. we're harassing the team in the corner again. And it's the catcher. Me and uh, us and the catcher are kind of going, uh, you know, talking and stuff. And we actually end up talking to him, and it was a really cool guy. We were asking him what happened to Sung Jung and stuff, and uh, you know, he I think he had moved on back to Korea or something like that, wherever he was from. <laughs> And uh, so the catcher ended up being actually one of the top prospects that the Braves had at the time, and that was Jared Saltalamachia. Oh, one of the, man. Their, their catcher. Salty. Uh, yes. Um, so he was really cool. Um, he actually got gave uh, me and my buddy um, tickets for the next game the day, the day before. It was actually like a day game. Um, nice. He uh, gave us tickets for the next day. And obviously, this is the—he didn't start this game that we went to uh, the first time. Obviously, if we're talking to him down in the bullpen, but he's yeah. like their top prospect catcher, whatever. He's usually the starter, so we caught him on his off day. So we go to the game, the next game, man, and um, first inning, something like that. Uh, they already have a couple runners on base and everything. And he comes up and he belts one off the fucking scoreboard in center field. Uh, That's a a long way. Yeah, because it's definitely a 400 to center there. And then you think to hit up the scoreboard there, that's at least like a 430, 40-foot shot. Yeah. and he hit one off the scoreboard, and I'm like, that's pretty cool. Like, here I am talking to this guy the day before, and the next day he's hitting one off the fucking scoreboard. So yeah. uh, that was always one of my favorite little interactions I had. And uh, had all kinds of cool interactions. There was another time, too, um, they did, like, a fans kind of thing, like a home run derby after after a game. Um, so all the players were down by, like, the first base dugout, me and my buddies. Uh, kind of went down there, and we were just bullshitting with a couple of the um, Indians players. I would say the most famous one uh, that actually made the majors there was Kevin Kuzminoff. He played third base. Yeah, for, I remember him. Yeah, for, he played for the Indians, and I think the Dodgers or, Padre, he or Padres. He played for a couple yeah, teams. Yeah. Right, right. So we, he was down there. There's a couple other guys who never really made it, so I won't even mention their names. But So we were, we were just bullshitting with those guys, so I – yeah, playing with these minor league players is always kind of kind of fun to just yeah. to to hang out with some of those guys. Most people are just kids, especially yeah. at that level. Yeah, they're 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. Yep. You know, they're doing stupid shit and uh you know, it's it's funny too like you go you you like in the parking lot back in the corner of where the stadium is is where all the players park where the clubhouse is at and they got these like 
you know the the C8 Corvettes and they they got all these fancy cars like man you you guys don't make that much money first off and you're already buying these fancy ass cars and shit you signing have signing bonus money right yeah like that's what you're spending your signing bonus on like you're no yeah. Garrett like I don't even know what the rate is of making the major leagues but it's probably like less than 10% of even making the majors just for yeah. like any random you know single A player cuz they're um before the pandemic like I think the Indians had like three different A teams. Like they had a high A, a low A, or a regular A, and then like a low A team. Then they had the double A, triple A team. And um, ever since the pandemic and all that affected everybody, it kind of everything got cut down to one triple A, one double A, one single A yeah. team now. Um, so that kind of sucks. But um, yeah, man, if you ever guys ever get a chance to go out to minor league baseball, um, it's I definitely worth it. Yeah, like. They do a lot of, you know, stuff for fans and, and you know, good times uh, for sure. Yeah. Especially, like, going to any of these, like, um, MLB games and stuff nowadays. Like, the prices for stuff. You're paying $8 for a beer, $6 for a hot dog. Like, at yeah. these, like, minor league stadiums, you're, like, $8 gets you a drink and the hot dog, you know, something like that. Yeah. So, um Definitely fun for families and stuff. I I definitely always support minor league baseball. Always um, a good time. So, absolutely, uh, yeah. So uh, man, I appreciate having you on. It's been uh, a lot of fun Are going you, over this. You finally, kidding having me, man. You on. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah. We'll definitely have you on again for sure at some point. Um, but yeah, man. I just want to say thank you for uh, for coming on, man. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it definitely was. I really did enjoy it. Yes, me too. Um, all right, so with that, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at Eric Vanek NFL. You can follow the show at America's Game Pod. Remember, we got the South Harmon account at South Harmon FF. Uh, Fizzle's the one running that, posting you know all our stuff that we're doing every week, our articles, uh, the 4D Chess podcast, all our other podcasts are on there. Uh, make sure your Sundays you're tuning in to Start Sit live on YouTube, which is um, at South Harmon FF as well on YouTube. Me, Mike, and Adam we're doing Start Sit questions for you guys, helping you out every single Sunday morning. Uh, you know whatever questions you got we're, we're answering it uh last week it i think people were watching the uh the jacksonville and bills game a lot more so we uh ended up taking some trade questions too so hey yeah, anything no, you even got. if you don't have even if you don't have any start sick questions just jump in the chat with everybody that's oh, yeah. because that that thing gets crazy too yeah it was fun uh christian posted a, sh a short on youtube uh from last week of uh calling out at highlights yeah 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 calling out adam's bullshit uh uh Brees hall i'm not starting him he's gonna have a shitty game there goes Brees hall for 170 yards yeah, fuck you zach moss yeah yeah good yeah, job mike yeah zach moss i ain't starting him or, and he's he's dead now because taylor's back and uh zach moss goes out for 165 or whatever it was yeah. so uh we always have a good time on that so we'd love for you guys to to join us every sunday morning so appreciate that uh christian you got anything you want to plug man before we get out of here not at all like i said i really appreciated this and for anybody that has not joined the south Harmon patreon yet um yep. definitely recommend it because we have just as much fun in the discord on a daily basis oh um, absolutely answering questions throughout the throughout the day there as well i mean i have people messaging me personally asking me questions which i'm always available for there on twitter um doesn't matter i just enjoy the hell out of this yeah, that's another great thing. The Patreon, man, the Discord channel alone, like, 
trade questions, uh, you know, trade advice, startups, buys and sells. Um, you know, we have betting C2C, stuff. C2C, Devi. I mean, we've yes. got everything in there. Um, I, I can't forget Koopa's Warp Tool. Like, you know, if you join on the website, buy the Warp Tool. Um, any kind of Warp stuff is available on the um, Discord as well. Koopa's more than happy to answer questions for you guys. So definitely that's, worth it. That's so. a leap simulator too. I mean, that's, yes. that's huge too, especially when you want to make trades and you're trying to see like where people are projected to end, if it involves draft capital and stuff like that. So. Definitely Absolutely. recommend. Definitely recommend Koopa's uh, tool simulator. I mean, he he killed that. Fizzle's killing it on social media. You're killing it on AG and the start sit and uh, the waiver wire show. Mike and Adam are killing it too on the 4D chess part. I'm just glad to be a part of it. I'm yeah. here to have fun. Absolutely, me too. Um, so yeah, so make sure you guys do all that. Uh, you can follow Christian at Cress underscore twenty four on Twitter as well. Make sure you guys follow him there. Um, And then until next week, we will see you guys for episode 12.